0: Okay, I'm going to be talking about operant conditioning in this episode. And this was a suggestion given to me by Tyler. So Tyler, thank you for this suggestion. It is a very common uh, topic of misunderstanding amongst dog trainers. And that is the topic of operant conditioning. Don't going to get right to it. Uh, operant conditioning deals with about- Probably, this is just a number off the top of my head based on on my experience, but operant conditioning deals with about 50% of dog training. The other 50% deals with probably classical conditioning. Now, obviously, I made this very broad generalization on on the percentage, and uh, and I'll break it down in a little bit more detail so it it makes more sense. Obviously, that's the point of this episode, so I'm going to dive right into it operant conditioning deals with mechanics okay it deals with mechanical behaviors and more specifically operant conditioning deals with those mechanical behaviors in terms of do we want more of them or do we want less of them okay So how do we make that mechanical behavior happen again? How do we make that behavior not happen again or not happen as much? So it's the dog doing certain things, choosing to do certain things on a very conscious level. Classical conditioning deals with associations that are made to certain environmental environmental factors that could be um, that could be the it could be certain triggers it could be certain scenarios uh, it could be certain situations and it deals with associations more on an emotional Uh, you know, more in an emotional realm versus conscious mechanical behaviors, okay? So, very quick example here. If you tell your dog to sit and they sit, this is operant conditioning. Even if you tell your dog to sit and they don't sit and they do something else instead, Let's say you tell them to sit and they down. Or you tell, them that you tell them to sit and they walk away. This still falls under the category of operant conditioning. Classical conditioning would be more like your dog sees a person, a man, and it starts shaking. It starts to get nervous. That's more classical conditioning. Basically, something happened made an association, became uh, more of a uh, reaction type of thing, not a conscious behavior, and now the dog is in in a certain emotional state, and now classical conditioning deals with that versus operating conditioning deals with, well, crap, if I say sit, how do I make it so my dog doesn't walk away? If I say sit, how do I make it so my dog sits, right? So you have mechanical. Example dog putting his butt on the ground, and you have association. Dog sees a person, it doesn't like the person. Okay, so I'm going to be talking in this episode about operant conditioning. This might be a boring topic for some of you guys, um, and you might think, Well, I don't need to hear that, it's not a big deal. If you sort of understand it, I would still recommend that you listen to this. I'm going to give you some really good information some some ways that makes make it very easy for me to to remember and really understand operant conditioning and I'm gonna give you some uh, some tips and some ways that I teach it so when I teach people about operant conditioning which can be a very complex topic I'm gonna tell you how I explain it in a way that makes sense to to your average person okay now if you know operant condition forwards and backwards then this episode might be too trivial for you. But here it is. Operant conditioning deals with, uh, you know, something, something that a lot of people have a hard time with is the quadrants, okay? The quadrants of, of operant conditioning. By the quadrants, we imply four parts, okay? Now, what these quadrants are, this is where people sometimes get a little bit confused. It deals with, Positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, positive punishment, and negative punishment. Okay, so you have reinforcement and you have punishment, and on both sides you have positive and negative. Okay, and that's why we have that's why they're called the quadrants. See, there's four of those, and this is where people get very confused. So, we're talking about mechanical behavior so the dog does a particular behavior the quadrants deal with how do we make it happen more often or how do we make it not happen as often or not happen at all and we would use the quadrants okay now i'm going to break down those quadrants into two very basic and simple categories and these two very simple categories are going to be reinforcement and punishment. The biggest reason why a lot of people have a hard time understanding these simple concepts is because of the negative connotation that we have to certain words. Some, some words are very, very triggering. Some words are very triggering are the words negative, and the word punishment okay cuz so when we think of negative we think bad not what it's meant to mean which I will explain but we've been conditioned right from uh from from a more of a a, a social standpoint we've been conditioned to believe that negative means just horrible things and we've also been conditioned to to uh to understand that punishment is a bad word it also means you know bad really bad things but in terms of operant conditioning they don't mean those things at all okay so i'll explain the two main categories of the quadrants are reinforcement and punishment reinforcement Okay, and this is the case with reinforcement and punishment. All the quadrants are, so whether it's reinforcement or punishment, positive or negative, all the quadrants are. They're simply consequences. This is a very important part of that definition. They're consequences. Okay, they're consequences that either increase The rate of a behavior or decrease the rate of a behavior. That's all they are. But they are consequences, meaning they happen either during the behavior or after the behavior, not before, but they happen either during or after the behavior, not before. So now let's break it down again. We have reinforcement and all reinforcement is and i don't care if it's positive or negative just reinforcement alone reinforcement is a consequence that increases the rate of a behavior it makes a behavior happen more often okay that's all reinforcement is reinforcement is a consequence that increases the rate of a behavior, makes a behavior happen more often. Punishment is simply a consequence that decreases the rate of a behavior or decreases the strength of a behavior or it makes it so that behavior doesn't happen as often or just doesn't happen again. Okay, and so the similarities that you have between reinforcement and punishment, they're both consequences. That's still, that's part of the definition of both. They, they have that in common. They're both consequences. They happen either during or after the behavior. Once the decision has been made to do a certain behavior, that's when you get these as consequences that make the dog go, huh. I should do that more often, or hmm, I really should not do that again. I should not do that as much. Okay? So, going back to reinforcement. So, I already broke the quadrants into two very simple terms. Okay? Without overcomplicating it with a plus, with the positive or the negative. You have reinforcement and punishment, they're both consequences. Reinforcement will always increase a behavior punishment will always decrease a behavior okay so going back to reinforcement reinforcement is a consequence that increases the rate of a behavior whether it's positive or negative either positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement they both have the same effect Okay, this is very important to remember because people get negative reinforcement so confused. Positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement, they both have the same effect. They both have the same goal. They're in the same team, which is they're both consequences that increase the rate of a behavior okay listen to that part again both positive and negative reinforcement there are both consequences that increase the rate of a behavior let's go to punishment punishment also has a positive and a negative so both positive and negative punishment okay Positive and negative punishment, they also both have the same effect. They both have the same goal, which is to reduce the rate or the strength of a behavior. Okay? Now, let's break down the positive and the negative, and let's find out what those are. When people think of positive reinforcement, almost everybody is knows or they think they know what positive reinforcement is like oh well duh it's it's positive so it's good right it's positive so it's it's nice so positive reinforcement always means you know we're going to give the dog cheese and treats and all kinds of great things so that he loves to do the behavior and yes that is the case but not because of what probably 90 percent of dog trainers think it is okay it's not because it's nice that the dog wants to keep doing it it's because there was an addition it was a mathematical equation that went into this so let's go into the positive and the negative whether it's reinforcement or punishment but let's start with reinforcement. so positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement They don't mean good or bad. Positive doesn't mean good. Negative, in terms of operant conditioning, they don't, that doesn't mean bad. Positive doesn't mean, oh, this is nice. Negative doesn't mean, oh, that's horrible. Now, all they mean is their mathematical equation. So here's basically what I'm saying. It's very, very simple. It's non-emotional, very mathematical, okay? When you look at a battery, if you look at a battery, okay, so a, a AAA battery, double A battery, 9 volt battery, or even your car battery, every battery out there has two sides, okay, and a lot of people are very familiar with the car battery, okay, and if you're not familiar with the car battery, grab your remote take the cover off and pull out one of those AA batteries and look at that battery if you haven't paid attention pay attention to the to the following thing your battery every single battery has both sides okay they have a plus sign and they have a minus sign okay every battery has a plus and a minus this is your positive and your negative now the plus and the minus of your battery It doesn't mean one is good and one is bad. They're just two polar opposites of the battery. Okay, The positive has a plus sign. The negative part of the battery has a minus sign. So that is the same application that we have for the quadrants. Meaning, if you think of reinforcement as a battery... And you think of punishment as a battery. And you have these two batteries side by side. You're going to see that there is a plus and a minus on each side. Okay, Each battery has a plus and a minus. So think of reinforcement as a battery. Think of punishment as another battery. So reinforcement is going to have a plus. That's going to be the positive, And it's going to have a minus. That's going to be the negative. So the plus the positive literally means a plus. Okay, literally means a plus, not not a not good, just a plus, which means an addition. The negative side of the reinforcement, the minus, it doesn't mean bad. But it literally means minus, the minus sign. Okay, this is mathematical. Okay, something gets subtracted as a consequence to make something happen again. With the plus, with the positive, something gets added as a consequence to make something happen again. Example let's use the sit very simple example and i'm going to obviously simplify it for the sake of this episode okay there's certainly different ways to teach us it but just hear me out i'm going to use these very specific examples only to illustrate reinforcement in terms of positive and negative okay which is plus and a minus If I grab a piece of food, a hot dog or a cheese, some sort of treat, and I lure that dog into a sit, okay, so I lure the dog, and the second the butt hits the ground, I reward him, I give him the the hot dog, and then I do that again, same thing, I lure him, butt goes on the ground, and I pay him with the hot dog or the cheese, and then I do that again, what you will notice is the dog will start to get the hang of it and the dog will start to anticipate that and the dog will start going, you know what? This is very predictable. This is starting to make sense. If I put my butt on the ground, I get the hot dog, okay? So this is a, a, an example of positive reinforcement. Here's how people screw it up. They think, well, it's positive because you gave him a hot dog because it's, you know, it's, it's good, hot dog is good cheese so it's good it was nice so that's why it's positive no they have no clue that's not why it was positive it was simply positive reinforcement because you added okay mathematical you added the treat as a consequence to the butt in the ground Okay, the treat was a consequence to the butt hitting the ground. So you added the hot dog as a consequence to the butt hitting the ground. This makes the dog go, huh, I should do that more often. So it strengthens that behavior. It makes that behavior, the butt hitting the ground, more likely to occur again in the future. That's why it's positive reinforcement. Not because it's nice, because it was a mathematical, um, it was a mathematical procedure. You do this, this is added, okay, and then this happens again. Now, let's use reinforcement on the flip side of that, which is negative reinforcement. Now, negative reinforcement, again, it's not emotional, has nothing to do with, oh, that it's terrible that's why it's negative no it's only negative because it has a minus and this mathematically means we are removing something we're subtracting something as a consequence okay so i'll give you an example here so really really stay with me and i'm going to use the same example of the sit different application okay let's say i want the sit to happen more often Well, I already went over one approach to that, which is positive. You add something. Another approach would be I subtract something to make the the sit more likely to happen again. And here's what I do here. I have my dog. I have him on leash. And what I start doing then is, in this example, I start helping my dog into a sit. Physically, I start helping him. Okay, I'm not luring him with food in this example. Okay, again, this is just for the sake of illustration here. Okay, don't, I know you're thinking, well, why would you do that? Why don't you just lure him? Don't think about that. This is just an example. So I have the dog on leash, and now I'm helping him physically, I'm helping him. I'm, I'm making him go into that sit. So I'm pushing his butt on the ground. I'm also pulling up on the leash, upwards and forwards as I push the butt on the ground. Now, physically, I'm assisting the dog into going to this position. Now, what happens here is there is pressure, right? There is my butt pushing on the, on the butt. My <laughs> not, not that way. There is my hand pushing on the butt, and my other hand is pulling up on the leash, okay? So, there is pressure here. Now, here is how the, how the negative comes in. Okay, here's how the subtraction comes in. The moment the butt hits the ground, the pressure goes away. That's what gets subtracted. Okay, so the leash and my hand on the butt, pushing down on the butt as the leash pulls up, that all of that gets taken away, subtracted, minus the moment. The butt hits the ground. That's why it's called negative reinforcement. Not because it's not nice, but simply because the pressure was subtracted when the butt hit the ground. That's what made a negative reinforcement. It had nothing to do with the emotional aspect of it. Whether you think that's not fair, you should just lower the dog. See, that's why it's negative. It has nothing to do with that. It's just mathematical. Now, I have run into people that go, whoa, hold on, Will. Big, big, big problem here. And they'll go, Will, when you added the pressure for the dog to sit, you're adding the pressure. So isn't that positive? It's like you're adding something. So shouldn't that be positive reinforcement? Because you adding the pressure made the dog sit. And according to your example, adding means positive. So where's the logic in that? And here's where the logic is. Super, super simple. Which is this. Remember the definition of reinforcement in terms of operant conditioning. The definition says... Okay, reinforcement, whether it's positive or negative, is a consequence, a consequence stimulus that increases the rate of a behavior. So let's talk about the consequence part of that definition. Okay, consequence happens when? Does consequence happen before a behavior takes place? Or does the consequence happen? during or after a behavior takes place? You should know the answer to that, right? The answer is a consequence, by definition, happens during or after the behavior, not before. If it happens before, it's not a consequence. It really isn't. If it happens before, it's not a consequence. If it happens before, it's an antecedent not a consequence it's a precursor not a consequence so me quote-unquote adding the pressure to facilitate the sit that's not reinforcement that's just an antecedent that's a precursor the consequence happens when the behavior takes place which is the butt hitting the ground butt hits the ground that's the behavior And as a consequence to that behavior, the pressure goes away. Okay, so now you have two approaches that both had the same effect. In these two examples that I gave you, with the hot dog, the same effect. The sit happens more often. With the pressure, when the dog starts to realize, okay, when there is this form of pressure, but his the ground pressure goes away... Same effect. The dog is now more likely to sit again in the future. The, the the sit behavior has been strengthened. Goes up in rate. Okay. So that's how simple it is. And the reason people get so confused about it is because they just won't let go of that emotional aspect. Of that emotional uh, you know, that that emotional perspective where people go, well, positive is good, negative is bad. Punishment cannot be good, so it's, it's got to be bad, okay? But they're both, negative and positive reinforcement, they both have the same outcome. They both have the same, same effect, which is the behavior happens more often. Okay, now going to punishment, same exact thing, only on the opposite side, meaning with punishment we don't want the behavior to increase with punishment we want the behavior to decrease so let's say you know uh, just an example let's say the dog pulls just flat-out pulls and you go man I, I don't want this dog to pull anymore okay you can go all right well how do we make the pulling stop now I'm going to, again, simplify this with examples. Okay, The examples I'm going to give you are very simple. The example I gave you with the Sid, it's a very simple example, but I feel it's a really good way to illustrate positive and negative reinforcement in a way that makes sense for a lot of people. Now, with punishment, I'm going to use another fairly simple and common example, which is the dog is pulling. Okay, dog pulls. Dog has no idea what heel is. Heal or sit, or none of that means. Dog just goes, okay, I'm on a leash. I'm gonna go six feet away from you and I'm gonna pull you in that direction, okay? So you look at the pulling and you go, man, I need to make that behavior stop. I'm not talking about teaching the dog to heal. Obviously, we know that this is something that we probably would do. Uh, but in this example, I will go, well, dog is pulling. How do we make it stop pulling? Well, one approach is to use the quadrants. Now, what part of the quadrants is going to make the stop less likely to occur in the future? It's not going to be punishment. I mean, it's not, it's not going to be reinforcement. Right? Reinforcement increases the rate of a behavior. It's going to be punishment. Punishment decreases the rate of a behavior. So, in this case, the pulling is the behavior we want to decrease. So let's talk about positive punishments. Positive punishments, okay, plus punishment, meaning a consequence that decreases the rate of a behavior. So positive punishment, we're adding something to make that behavior less likely to occur in the future. Now, by adding something, it would have to be something I add once the behavior has taken place that'll make the dog go, you know what, I don't, I don't want to do that again, I don't want to experience that consequence as much, so maybe I'm not going to do this behavior as much. So in this example, very simple example, oversimplified, is this, dog pulls, and let's say if I was to use th- this approach, I would go, you know, I would add pressure on the leash, Okay, and I don't mean by pulling, but I mean like some sort of pressure, whether it's a pop and release, like a quick jerk, but it'd be some sort of pressure that makes the dog go, you know what, I don't, I don't want to experience that again. I don't want to, you know, pull as much because I don't want to experience that again. So maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll think twice about it before pulling. Okay, or maybe the pulling becomes less and less frequent. Because every time the dog pulls, you are adding something as a consequence that makes the dog go, yeah, I I don't want to do this as much. And in this example that I gave, the adding, right, the stimulus that you're adding is a pop and release on the leash. Okay, here's another example, and I'm also going to use pulling. But this example now is on the flip side of that. The example is if the dog is pulling and I go, well, what is the dog, you know, what is it that the dog wants? Why does the dog pull? The dog pulls because it's going forward. So the dog is gaining that forward movement, right? So if I look at the pulling, I go, how do I make it so that, you know, the dog doesn't pull as much? And I use punishment, but in a in a different approach. Well, right? We had two approaches for reinforcement. We also have two approaches for for punishment. So I'm pulling. The other approach would be using negative punishment, which means we are subtracting something. Okay, something is getting taken away. Now, in this very simple example, okay, I don't don't try to overanalyze this example this is just for the sake of illustrations just for the sake of example in this example here's what would happen the dog would pull to gain forward movement and I completely take that forward movement away and we go we're not not only are we not moving forward we might even be moving in the opposite direction so you pull The second you pull, forward movement stops. So what got taken away here? Something got taken away, right? Dog pulls. I plant my feet on the ground and go, dude, you're not going anywhere. Then the dog goes, well, crap. The reason I'm pulling is so that I could get forward movement. And you go, well, that's going away. so we're not moving not only we're not moving we might even be going in the opposite direction possibly okay or I could just go we're not moving dog stops pulling then we go okay now we'll move forward dog lunges forward again I immediately plant my feet and I go you're not moving that forward movement just got taken away and every time that you go to the end of that six-foot leash to pull Forward movement immediately gets halted. Forward movement immediately gets taken away. Okay, so in essence, what would happen is the dog would start to pair that up. Dog would start to realize, okay, every time I launch to the end of that six-foot leash, all forward movement stops. Okay, so in this hypothetical example, very very simple. Very simplified example. What we're doing is we are using a consequence which removes a stimulus to remove something. Something gets taken away to reduce the rate of the pulling. Again, do not try to overanalyze this. You might think, oh, that's that's stupid. I've tried that, or that's stupid. That would never work on my dog. Obviously, if you've been pulling for like six months or a year or more, yeah, doing that strategy will take you forever. But you have other strategies. You don't have to do it that way. I'm just using an example, okay, to keep it very, very simple because that actually does work on some dogs. Okay, so now in these previous examples that I just gave you about punishment, you know, whether me adding maybe a jerk on the leash when you pulled, or me not, you know, me taking away the forward movement. So whether it's a jerk on the leash, or taking adding the jerk on the leash, or taking away the forward movement, these were both consequences that in theory, you know, in, in this example, at least, they would stop or reduce, at least reduce the rate of the polling so now we have two things that are taking place right we have two two things we have the the quadrants have now been broken down into two parts reinforcement consequence that increases the rate of behavior punishment consequence that decreases the rate of a behavior positive and negative reinforcement they both accomplish the same thing positive and negative punishment they both accomplish the same thing And they're mathematical, they're not good or bad, it's simply adding or subtracting. But the other key word here with the quadrants is they're all consequences, meaning they happen before, I mean, I'm sorry, they happen during or they happen after. They do not happen before, they happen either during the behavior or after the behavior has been executed, but not before. So these are consequences, okay? obviously to supplement this explanation if this still went way over your head which I, I understand this this can be a little bit complex You know, you can listen to this more often you could uh, you could do a little bit of googling or you could even uh, you know read a book or two on the subject if you are gonna look on on Google do not read articles from dog trainers okay because you don't know what dog trainer you're gonna get, who wrote an article? Because anybody can write an article. If you are gonna read up on the quadrants, on positive and negative puni- not punishment, reinforcement, look up the source. Make sure that the source is somebody who has, who has some sort of a formal education on this, like an, uh, you know, maybe a behaviorist um not, not not just you know a, a dog trainer with their website and their blog because they truly might not know that they, they might be one of these people that don't understand and my experience has been even a lot of dog trainers even some seasoned dog trainers there are some dog trainers that I know who are very well seasoned very well known incredibly well-known. They're doing seminars. They're doing all kinds of things. People are paying to see them. Other dog trainers are paying to see them talk. And these people don't even know the quadrants, and they happily admit it. And They'll go, yeah, I don't, I don't understand the quadrants. I just trained the dog. So, yeah, look it up if you want to do additional research. But make sure that the author has... Uh, you know something like MD or or uh, or or some sort of degree on formal education. Uh, by formal education, I don't mean like a dog training school, uh, because they're not they're they're not always. There are some really good dog trainers out there who understand the quadrants, um, forwards and backwards. But you just have to be careful if if you don't understand it fully and you look up. An article that has a lot of bias behind it it's just going to confuse you even more so some good books accelerated learning is an excellent book that goes over this and uh, how Dogs learn is another excellent book that goes into this as well non-biased no agenda it just exactly tells you pretty much what I just went over how mathematical this thing is okay But yes, I do understand that this can be a complex topic. Uh, Just remember, take all the emotion out of it. It's not emotional. Just make it so simple for you to understand by looking at it in terms of their consequences and their mathematical. And that's it. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, Make sure you uh, share this episode if you liked it. And go to the YouTube channel, go to Instagram, go to Facebook. Uh, Doctoring is my passion. Make sure you follow me there and subscribe to my YouTube channel as well. I will talk to you on the next episode.